The World of CONCACAF podcast is back with another laser focus, and this time we head to the Emerald Isle. Not that one, the one in the Caribbean. Welcome to the World of CONCACAF podcast. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Slate. And I'm Donald Wine. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing we well. Back. Yeah, We're back. Doing well. Glad to be back doing a, a laser focus. I've enjoyed year in reviews, news desk, but uh, glad to be back to doing some laser focus. And we're also, we are one month away from the resumption of CONCACAF Nations League. Oh, there, yes. There isn't anything more important than that. Um, and it's good for us. I'm glad that we're getting back to what this podcast is all about. And that's really like taking a deep, deep dive island nations in the Caribbean and talking soccer. And that's what we're going to do here. So let's just get right into it. This episode is about Montserrat. Montserrat, little island in the Leeward Islands down in the Caribbean. Uh, it's nicknamed the Emerald Isle of the Caribbean. And there's a lot of emerald themes, a lot of green, a lot of, a lot of good things to talk about. But Montserrat is actually technically a British overseas territory. Uh, so they're still under UK rule. The island was discovered. And we'll just go into like some history, set the scene here. Uh, the island was discovered, quote unquote, doing finger quotes here, by Christopher Columbus in 1493. Uh, he Montserrat actually means serrated mountain in Catalan, uh, so that's where you get the name from. A little Catalonian in there. Uh, so Columbus runs past it in the 1600s. Uh, a number of Irishmen came and settled in Montserrat, part of why you call it the Emerald Isle, the Irish. Uh, the Irish kind of ran the island for a few decades before the English came in and captured it. So you're wondering if the Irish settled it, why is it under the UK? England kind of came in and took over. Uh, as well, wasn't it, wasn't it like, the, cause this was like back when the Irish and French were always like collaborating yeah, they, and so, they were tight and the Irish kind of reached out to the French and said, Hey, you want this Island? And <laughs> France was kind of like, ah, I don't know. We got a lot of islands. Like, I don't know if we need that one. And then England was like, well, fuck it. We'll take it. (laughs) Basically like the Irish was like, Hey France, do you want this Island? Just like, come get it. And they're like, nah, we're good. And England just shows up. Be like, yo, we're taking this. It's ours. It's ours now. Um, So England took over early in the 1700s. There's a brief French attack on the Island. Uh, But in 1768, a slave rebellion, obviously, this is during the time of slaves in the Caribbean, and it has a lot to do with, you know, how the country developed. Uh, So slavery was abolished in Montserrat in 1834. Uh, In in 1985, to commemorate the uprising 
uh, that slave rebellion. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, going back to the Irish, was made a 10-day public holiday to commemorate that uprising. So it's a lot of Irish history, and all of a sudden you got a 10-day St. Patrick's Day celebration. Montserrat, great place to party. So much like your other islands, you've got these, you know, the colonialism, you've got the native culture. You can talk, we can talk about that, but the big thing we need to talk about is the volcano. You know, it's a volcanic island. And in 1995, Montserrat was devastated by uh, the eruption of the Soufriere Hills uh, on the south end of the island. Yeah, and, you know, this kind of ties into what their you know culture and their country is about because there's a lot of things that took place the the southern part of the island was the most inhabited part of the island i mean there's only 4600 people that live on this island but i think back in the day it was closer to like 18 20 000. well no at the time it was uh it was about fifteen thousand people that lived on the island at the time of the explosions mm-hmm. and two-thirds of the population left Right, right. I was saying just, you know, when we talk about the difference because the culture is shaped by the fact that so many Montserratians don't live on the island anymore because they were they were had to leave. They had to evacuate after this after this eruption. A lot of them did go to the United Kingdom um, and other some other islands around the Caribbean. But most of them went to uh, the United Kingdom. So many, in fact, that in 1998. Uh, the UK said that they were granted permanent residency. And then in 2002, Montserratians who had escaped to uh, Britain were granted full citizenship. Yeah, the diaspora is going to come into play in the things we're going to talk about down the line. Um, so you have this huge expat population, this rush of expats going around the world in the late 90s. And really, the island suffered. and. Donald, I don't, know, I don't know if you want to talk about like the culture and how this has impacted what it is today. Yeah, so I think the first thing you want to start with is again um, the population. Before the like, you kind of have to you know put into pre and post, right? Pre eruption, there was about fifteen thousand, as you mentioned, on the island. Post eruption, they it trickled all almost all the way down to to like twenty six hundred. Is now built back up to around 4,600 people that live on the island. A lot of the cultural centers have had to shift. The capital of Montserrat was Plymouth, which was on the south side of the island. It was the one of the first cities to be evacuated when the eruption happened in 1995. And now that it is in a part of an exclusion zone, the entire southern part of the island is part of an exclusion zone. No persons can inhabit it that. There are very few people who could even go for tours. They have moved the capital to the northern part of the island to a city called Brady's. And even now, they are starting to build a second city called Little Bay, which is right next to Brady's. And that is going to be the new capital of the island. And again, a lot of things that tie into what they can do, what they can't do. A lot of the, you know, they, some of the food uh, was built based or based in part off of stuff that wasn't a Southern Island. They had to adapt even that uh, when everything happened. Again, you have a lot of people who have citizenship in Great Britain because of the fact that uh, Britain gave anybody who evacuated there uh, citizenship. So that plays a lot into it. 
while there were a lot of there's still a lot of Irish uh, uh, tendencies and a lot of Irish, uh, uh, I guess, uh, heritage, heritage and just, you know, uh, just things that you can find in their culture are kind of sparse with this emeraldness, not just uh, the, the emerald, the, the the gem, but also the fact that the Irish uh, played a big part in the you know development of the island. Their fa- uh, English is their sole language, their sole official language is the main spoken language, but there is a local Creole uh, that people do speak, but very few people speak that. Also, again, because of the Irish, the Irish language was also a big language that was spoken pre-1995. There was a lot of people on the island who could speak the Irish Gaelic dialect, um, but uh, very few people do anymore. Uh, now, uh, they're also their favorite sports, yachting. Of course, there's a lot of a lot of ocean around them. Track and field, basketball, cricket, football, and surfing. So uh, they're very. It's an interesting population in the sense that they've had to deal with displacement, which can really you know unsettle a population. But they've been able to rebuild a new kind of culture and a new foundation in the northern part of the island, while still uh, the southern exclusion zone still plays a big part in their everyday life. Yeah. And I think obviously Google is right there for you. If, if you're listening, uh, have having this happen in the 1990s, like there's media coverage of all this. You can find videos on YouTube. You can find a lot of photographs of like what actually happened in Montserrat in Plymouth. It's essentially like a modern day Pompeii. Like mm-hmm. people just had to leave, you know, and you see pictures of just abandoned buildings, volcanic ash. Yeah, I mean, it's place. been, I mean, the, the volcano has been active. I mean, this happened in the, the midnight, the mid, mid to late 90s. But like, I mean, there has been a lot of um, activity since then. Uh, we've seen, um, I mean, it's recently, I, I know, like in 2014, we had activity. I mean, there's been a lot um you know, they've had to uh, evacuate other parts and I think it was 2010, 2011. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's there's also there's an episode of the National Geographic show Seconds from Disaster um, that you can you can go and find uh, and watch as well. In 1997, there was another uh, like I, I, wanna, I don't want another big eruption that took the lives of 19 people. Um, and those 19 people were once again on the southern part of the island. This, these were people who tried to sneak back to uh, the island, the part of the island that was off limits to everyone to try and reestablish their old life and try and reclaim their old possessions, things like that. And they tried to show that it could work um, at the same time they were trying to do it in secret. And so when that eruption happened, unfortunately, those people uh, lost their lives. And then that prompted the government to then go back into the southern uh, part of the island and remove anything and everything that was still there uh, and put them on the north side of the island. Yeah, and the big thing is, yeah, it was 2007. There, the lower Belham Valley, there was another 100 people displaced. And then 2010 was when there was a partial collapse of part of it. And like ash clouds, nothing on uh, Montserrat, but Guadalupe and Antigua were affected. Yeah, I mean, the volcano is a key part the volcanic activity is a key part of the Montserrat story. Um, You can't forget that. The one thing before we get on to like the actual soccer, you know, I do want to know, talk about the culture is that fun fact 
finding this research and re- in doing my research, I came across this. I'm like, I think I remember hearing about this. Uh, George Martin, you know, the guy from the Beatles, you know, the manager, he had a studio in Montserrat. And during the 80s, like that was the spot to go record. Uh, just listen to the list of people who went and recorded albums in Montserrat. Dire Straits, The Police, Rush, Elton John, Michael Jackson, The Rolling Stones. All these people were bouncing down to Montserrat to like put their records together. Um, it makes the police, sense. The police recorded synchronicity. There yeah. Yeah. It's just like incredible records. It's like, oh yeah, there was Montserrat. Um, that studio was part of like the the studio shut down um as part of the volcanic eruption but it's just another part of the story um but enough about all this jonathan people here want to hear about the soccer let's talk about the soccer so let's talk about the soccer um so the montserrat and the montserrat football federation have been around since the uh, since the 19 since 1974 um, they actually did not come into CONCACAF uh, they were they came in as an affiliate member in CONCACAF in 1994 um, funny enough or interesting enough so when they came in as an associate member they came in with uh, Anguilla the British Virgin Islands and Turks and Caicos um, and then when they two years later when they got their full membership they came in with Anguilla in the British Virgin Islands. Uh, and they also, when they became, uh, when they got their full membership in CONCACAF, that is when they became uh, a FIFA affiliated member as well. Um, and I'm not really going to dive in. Eric and Donald are going to talk about the men's and women's teams, but um, let's talk about just a little bit, and it's going to be short. Um, the Montserrat Championship uh, is the top uh, division within Montserrat. Uh, it started in 19, 1974, but super sporadic. So super, have, super sporadic. And yeah, so we're going to give, we're going to give, uh, so 74, 75, there are seasons from 76 to 95. Um, there is nothing or it's not known. I, and like, I have looked everywhere to find really any information. Yeah. 19, yeah. I, I just want to stop you. Just to like give the people listening context, if it sounds like we don't have a lot of details, it's because you have to remember there are 4,600 people on this island. Like it is a small town. Like it's smaller than a small town in the U.S. Like they don't necessarily have documentation of all. I checked. Stuff. I checked LexisNexis for information on this and could find nothing. Um, if there's if there's someone from Montserrat, there's a Montserratian out there who would like to give us. Uh, fill in some of these gaps at podcacaf, please. Podcacaf at please. <laughs> the longest running time that we had a league was 2000 to 2004. Um, we did not have anything from 05 to 2015. We came back in 2016. The Royal, so there's only been three teams that have ever won this um, the Montserrat Police Force, the Bata Falcons. And then in 2004, we got our third ever, um, which was Ideal FC. Um, got its, um, got its, uh, you know. It is ideal to a, win. Yeah. They all play in the same stadium, the Blake Estes Stadium. Uh, it's, you know, a thousand person capacity. Again, 4,600 people um, on this island. Um, 
they say the championship happened in 2018 is the last time it ran have no idea <laughs> who won i'm just gonna assume the royal monster at police force won, um because uh yeah I, I do want to shout out the Royal Montserrat Police Force squad. They were the last one to uh, participate in Caribbean club competition in 2017. Uh, so they didn't quite make it to the CONCACAF Champions League, but they were they were in there at some point. Um, so that's a little bit on soccer in the country. Donald, let's talk about let's start with the women's team. What's Montserrat's women's team looking like? Yeah, so the the thing about, you know, as we discuss on most of these laser focuses is that our laser folk eye, I don't know what the plural is, but <laughs> the the main issue on the women's side is that a lot of these women's teams didn't start until very recently. They don't have a lot of history. Some of them don't have a lot of games played. It's just because they have had trouble getting these programs going. Montserrat is a little different in the rest in that they have never played a single game that has been recognized by FIFA. Not, not one. They have, uh, they started, or at least the foot, the Montserrat football association was created uh, and became a FIFA affiliate in 1996. Uh, But between uh, the team, uh, most women's teams started around 1985 between 1985 and April, 2012, this team did not play a single game at all. They were supposed to compete in Caribbean qualifying for the uh, 2002 CONCACAF Gold Cup, but they uh, withdrew from that tournament in, right before the tournament was supposed to begin. They were also supposed to try it again in 20, 2006. They withdrew from that tournament. Um, in March 2012, at, at a certain point, FIFA just removed them from the rankings because they had not played a game. In 2018, they were supposed to appear in the 2018 uh uh, Caribbean Football Union's Women's Challenge Series was like a series they put together to try and boost up some of these teams. Montserrat committed to that, and then like the others, they ultimately backed out of that tournament. So still to date, they have not played a game. Um, the hope is with some of these women's uh, competitions that are coming up. Um, you know, women's you know W Championship has started has rebranded and started the winning the women's uh, W Gold Cup um, is coming in twenty twenty four. Those are hopefully trying to get more teams into qualification and playing some of these matches that will help build up the program. It remains to be seen if Montserrat's going to be one of them. Yeah. And you want to see that get built up. The other thing you want to see get built up is the men's side because small island, late start. The men's side still is on their way up. Um, The Montserrat national men's national team, uh, Formed in 1973, but as Jonathan went into, didn't join CONCACAF till the 90s, didn't join FIFA till the 90s. Uh, They did participate in some Caribbean Cups, but due to the volcanic activity on the island in the mid-90s, when they joined FIFA, they actually did not enter World Cup qualification until the 2002 cycle. Um, They had this big gap in the 90s where they just didn't play. Now, the Emerald Boys, as they're known, boys with an S, have to clarify that on the podcast, you know. Uh, the Emerald Boys entered the 2002 World Cup qualification, didn't, didn't make the World Cup, surprisingly. But in 2002, 
during the World Cup final, they did play the second biggest game in the world. Montserrat faced off against Bhutan in the other final. Jonathan, do you remember hearing about this game? I actually do remember hearing about this game. And so like, I did I did some digging. Um, There's a documentary that they put mm-hmm. out about yeah. it. And so I actually, actually, one of the things I did, I so they filmed the documentary when it happened in 2002. Um, I actually spent some time trying to figure out um, where I could watch this documentary. Um, it's not available on any streaming service that I can find. Bullshit. I can find it on Amazon, the DVD, but it is <laughs> only available in a non-US format. Um, and so I would need to find a different uh, DVD player to play this. Um, so if there's anyone out here that has this in a collection somewhere, would love um, to watch. But I mean, it's just it's a fascinating story. It was the two worst teams in the world um, that got together to play a game the same day as the 2002 World Cup final. Honestly, I think it, it's funny. I I remember hearing about this. I remember reading about it. I'm pretty sure I've seen like bits and pieces of the documentary, but not the whole thing. Uh, I think this is something that FIFA should consider doing, right? Like it, it, it'd be kind of cool to have a guaranteed like little mini, it doesn't have to be a one game, but it could be like a little double header mini tournament. They fly them in and, and not necessarily the day of the world cup final, but like during the tournament at some point to say, Hey, at least two teams are playing over here. on like one of the off days that they have between like the, quarterfinals and the semifinal and semifinal and final it'd be cool to kind of have uh some soccer to watch especially since we've been you know watching soccer for you know every every day before that this would be kind of a cool thing to reboot yeah no for sure and i mean that game obviously 20 years on we still remember it uh bhutan getting the 4-0 win knocking uh Montserrat down to the lowest rank in the fifa rankings um Montserrat struggled losing to the worst team in the world, the then worst team in the world, kind of emblematic, like where it continued to go. Uh, World Cup qualifying for 2006, they lost in the first round, the two legs, 20, a combined 20 to zero to Bermuda. Um, it wasn't their first victory since joining FIFA. Wasn't until they beat the British Virgin Islands seven, nothing in 2012 Caribbean championship qualifying. Like it took them a long time to win. They didn't win their first World Cup qualifier until this most recent cycle, uh, the 2022 cycle. They had two wins and two draws. They actually went undefeated. The program has been building and building, uh, and part of that is the diaspora. All these people that moved to England, they started playing, having kids who were playing soccer in England in their system, and they're building it up. And even just looking at rosters i know jonathan and i were looking at rosters for the 2021 gold cup like montserrat's preliminary roster they had like four or five guys who were actually based in montserrat who are listed as unattached everyone else is playing in england and we're going to talk about a couple of the guys who are playing in england the first one is like their star player real quick well, before you before i what i'm one of the things i am interested for like talking about the diaspora is like as you know so many of you are still in England, like at what point and how far back will they allow these people to be claimed like their Montserrati and heritage, just like as it continues to grow and like as the team, because I'm just I'm just interested to see how this team grows and like how big does that player pool 
get for them? I think yeah. it depends on the on the country, right? Yeah. Like everyone has their different rules. I mean, Montserrat could be like, yo, if your great grandfather was Montserrat, yeah. then then you can play it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, think they're it. gonna have to do that to kind of build up their player pool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're still within a generation of all of this happening. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to see this team as they get people to commit to playing for the Montserrat national team. Um, you're going to see them continue to be competitive and they're going to be competitive as long as they have guys like Lyle Taylor, their star forward. Um, Lyle Taylor is uh, playing at Nottingham Forest right now. He's the all-time leading goal scorer for the Montserrat national team. He's got 10 goals. He is their star. And if you got a guy playing at that level professionally, playing for a squad like this, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of quality and a lot of big performances there. The other guy we want to talk about, famous, uh, Jamie Allen. And if you haven't heard of Jamie Allen, he hasn't been called in in the last couple of matches. Um, Jamie Allen was on Love Island in the UK back in 2022. Uh, he's currently playing, I believe it's Telford United. Where is this? Of course, I have this page closed up. Um, but that you saw on Ted Lasso, the whole storyline with Jamie Tart going on uh, Love Island or whatever the show was. It happened. And it was a guy who plays for the Montserrat national team. It was a guy named Jamie. Yeah, I yeah. know. Like, what are the odds? So the guy was on for a handful of episodes. He was currently, at the time, he was playing with Halifax Town. And, like, just like the storyline, they cut him loose after he was on the show. They're like, we don't need we don't need this stuff. Well, no, uh, he, he did it during the season. Like, he was like, they're like, yo, where did my mans go? <laughs> and they came back. He was like, I, I was just sick and I had to take care of some stuff. He was on Love Island and it spawned. I, I, I don't know the name of the player, but there's another player who actually is doing it right now that like they're there. He but he went to his team and said, hey, I would like to do Love Island. I know it's the middle of the season. And they basically granted him a leave of absence to do it because he learned from Jamie Allen slash Jamie Tart. Like, don't do it and not tell them because you can get fired that way. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Allen is currently with. AFC Telford United uh, in England. Uh, so he didn't win Love Island, but he's got seven caps for the Montserrat national team. Uh, Montserrat's national team currently coached by Willie Donachey, uh, former Man City player, Scotland legend. Uh, the thing I did find out about, find out about Willie, uh, who joined Montserrat's squad as the manager in 2018, is in 2022 he was mugged in Ibiza. Dude got robbed. They took his Rolex uh, in June 2022. My man's had a Rolex. Yeah, he had a Rolex. That's you don't up. you don't. Here's the thing: you don't travel with a Rolex. Well, I guess from the research I did, so this Rolex was given to him by Oldham Athletic as like a a gift on the, you know, for a great season, and it was like engraved. And the dude wore it every day. And he goes to Ibiza, gets robbed. I don't know if they took his rings, but they took his Rolex. It's a call. <laughs> great, great, great callback, Warren G. It, it, it took you a second, but I. I uh, oh, I got it. I just I stumbled because I'm like, did Eric really just came yeah. up with the Warren G line? He he looked at the robbers and said, "Damn, damn, what's next?" You it know, was, it was unexpected. 
<laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good for me. Um not good for Montserrat is their last match for the national team uh, in summer 22, 22, yeah, summer of 2022. Uh, they canceled on Bermuda in their last Nations League group stage game of that window. Um, after beating Bermuda 3-2 in a neutral site game in Dominican Republic, um, they're supposed to go to Bermuda and Montserrat's like, now nah, we're good. And they canceled the game and Bermuda was awarded a forfeit victory. Um, looking ahead to the 2023 March window, uh, Montserrat is ho- hosting Haiti and then uh, traveling to Guyana according to list, which I, yeah, that's right. Um, closing out their group. But that is what I got on the men's national team on the field. But another part of what's going on with the men's national team for Montserrat on the field is what they're wearing. Donald, tell me about Montserrat's look. Yeah, so, you know, Montserrat has bounced around over the years with different, you know, apparel companies. Uh, they had Umbro for a little while. They had this group or this company called ProStar uh, make their jerseys, I believe, back in 2014 or 2016. And Admiral has been one of the main suppliers of their jerseys over the last, you know, decade off and on mainly very plain green jerseys, not a lot of design, very little flavor, zero vibes. But in 2020, they decided to change the game a little bit, and they linked with a brand new uh, apparel company out of Miami called Bowl. That's B-O-L. You have heard about them on this show many, many times in the past. And they have since been the supplier of Montserrat's kits. And if you have not seen Montserrat's kits, they are absolute fire. Um, their home kit is an emerald green kit, green and white, since they're the emerald boys. And to make sure that you're familiar with who they are, they have emerald designs across their torso. Their away kits are red and black. And as I mentioned before, the volcano, which is a big part of their culture, is on prominent on the away kit. And they've just completely stepped their game up from what they were in the past. I mean, the Admiral jerseys they had, you know, there are under you know four teams here in the United States that have better jerseys than they used to have. But now Bowl has stepped up with the creativity in their uh, jersey collection. Bowl has since added Trinidad and Tobago, but hopefully it means that Montserrat continues to be one of the top teams in CONCACAF in the jersey game. There's a uh, there's also there's some really dope Montserrat uh, graphic tees that Bowl has. Yes. Yeah. Their apparel line has just been been great for them and Again, it gets their name out there. It, you know, hopefully, you know, pumps some resources into uh, their soccer programs um, by, you know, random people like us uh, buying them. Uh, but I do think it's a uh, uh, it's a very much needed way for them to kind of say, hey, we're still here and, you know, look good, feel good. And since then, they've actually been playing pretty decently. Yeah. Now, I have to point out both of you did rank Montserrat's green kit in your top five kits of CONCACAF mm-hmm. when we did the kit episode recently. Uh, they are just like, when you're talking about building a brand within the region, that's nailing it. Like you yeah. look at that, it's like, Oh, those are the Emerald boys. Can't miss it. Jersey identity. Check. Yeah. There's a really dope. I mean, there's, I mean, there's several dope shirts, but there's one where it's just Emeralds like breaking off of a soccer ball that they, uh, um, also, bowl send us stuff, please. Yeah, yeah, at, at bowl football. Football. 
Yeah. <laughs> at bowl football to at pocket gaff. That would be appreciated. All right. So that's what's going on with Montserrat. I think they're really one of like, they're, they're like a peak CONCACAF nation in the sense it's like they have all of this history of nonsense. There's all this nonsense with the program. I didn't even like get a chance to bring up the fact that in the 2011 FIFA scandal, uh, two of Montserrat's officials got uh, banned for short periods for taking bribes from Mohammed bin Hamal. Yeah, Hamam can't even talk tonight. Um, they were, you know, bans for like one was for 15 days and one was for 60 days, but they're still bans. They still did bad stuff. But it's like we didn't even talk about it. We're too busy about talking about volcanoes blowing up, you know, and guys going on Love Island. You know, lots of stuff to talk about. Um, I think it is time to just shift gears and go into real team fake team. So let's take a quick break. We're going to, you know, pause it, collect ourselves. And then Donald is up to bat on real team or fake mm-hmm. team. Uh-oh. <laughs> back it's time donald are you ready no i'm not ready <laughs> see jonathan jonathan is doing the thing again. Would, yeah he i was went, i was about to be ready and then he put his screen on blank y'all can't see this but he he turned his video off probably because he doesn't want to see me to see him laughing when he says some of these team names that he came up with <laughs> <laughs> listen of He's all fake people ass to team. do this to of all the people to do this to don't do it now Donald needs the help he needs to be able to get Get the poker going on, but Jonathan just went, face. turned it turned his video off. Said my poker rude. face is a is a blank screen. Rude. <laughs> so this this edition of Real Team or Fake Team, like Donald, you're getting a, kind of a pass. We talked about how the Montserrat Championship. We can't find anything since like 2018. We don't even know who won then. So we don't know who's still a real team in Montserrat right now. But we're going off like the last known real teams. I mean, some of them were real teams. Some of these are fake teams. Who's to say, you know, it also, they all sound. <laughs> Who's fake. to say. Who's to oh say. My goodness. Dialed is to say. Um, so Jonathan, why don't you lead us off uh, with the first of our six teams that Donald's got to identify. So the first of our six teams is the Montserrat Volcano Observatory Trimmers. <laughs> um what can can you use that in a in a in a sentence please um the montserrat observatory tremors won two zero against the royal montserrat police force wait so is is it the montserrat observatory montserrat volcano observatory tremors do they go by like MVOD or something? Do they go by an acronym or is it just the name? Invo Tremors. 
that is the dumbest name I've heard of in my life, but it's I'm just gonna go real. It is a real team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. There yes. is so there so there is the, the, there's, the there's the Montserrat <laughs> Volcano Observatory that on the island is in charge of you know monitoring the, the volcanoes. I, I did read about the volcano observatory. Uh, I knew it existed because um, I think it's a big part of like the the uh, exclusions uh, official tours. Yeah, the exclusion zone tours. So uh, that's funny. That's very funny. Yeah, they got a squad at the observatory. They got a squad. <laughs> All right, on um, second team, Donald's one for one. Little Bay FC. Little Bay FC. I well, I did say Little Bay was a capital or is going to be a capital. They're building it. Um, I there's been a lot of teams where their city comes after the team was founded. I'm gonna go with it being a real team. That is a real team. Yes. Two shout out two. Little Bay. Shout out Little Bay. All right. So we're gonna moving on. Leeward United SC. Leeward United, like Leeward Islands. Mm-hmm. That sound. Y'all trying to y'all trying to screw me with this one, and you got your and you still got your uh, video off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. You've given me. I'm just gonna go fake. You've given me two real ones. I'm gonna go fake. That 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 is a fake team. That is a fake team. <laughs> y'all trying. Y'all trying to play with my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next, Dick Hill FC. The fuck that is. What? <laughs> Dick Hill. FC like the is city. That two words. There's two words. Yes, it's not Dick Hill like one word. It's Dick Hill <laughs> FC. Can you can you pronounce it in the Maserati and Creole, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going fake. If there's a, if there is a team called Dick Hill for real, I deserve this L. There's a place in Montserrat called Dick Hill. I don't know if they have a team. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> we don't I was waiting know. for you to say that they're like, yeah, back in 1947, they did exist. And we're going to count it. Oh, There's man. a place called Dick Hill. Yeah. Little Bay, Dick Hill. I mean, yeah. It's the other side of the island from Butt Hill. <laughs> I would. I would hope so. All right. All right. So is Donald Donald's four for four? Donald's four for four. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. See if you can see if you Can't can match. No more. You can see if you can match or beat uh, my five for six. Okay. Um, well. All right. So, so the next one is Jolly Roger SC. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> and the teams that you've given me don't give me a pattern, right? Like. <laughs> You have fake this teams a, that sound real, real teams a, that sound fake. I have to teams say, this named is, after fucking police and naval <laughs> and volcano observatories. And now you're giving me a pirate one. 
This is the 19th edition of Real Team or Fake Team. I feel like we've gotten good at this. We, yeah, but you've gotten good at this at deception. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you've given me. I'm gonna go just by process of elimination. I'm gonna go with that being real. That is a real team. So you are five. Oh my goodness! For six. Don't give me any bullshit on this last one. Just give me an easy one. Let me go six for six. Oh, just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. (laughs) Just let me. Just let me have this one, please. Stop the count. Collecting myself here. I have to collect myself. Oh no! I'm I'm going off video here. (sighs) Seventh Day Adventist (laughs) Trendsetters. Seventh day Adventist trendsetters. Look, look, <laughs> Eric, come back on screen. Come, turn your screen back on. I need to. I need to see your face on this. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> Why? Who the fuck? Okay. Gotta keep you on your toes. You don't know. You don't know. This is big because it could mean I can go six or I I could tie. I I tied slate, but I could go six. So I'm just going to break this down as to the teams that I feel like you have given me. You gave me a team called Dick Hill. (laughs) (laughs) You gave me a team called Montserrat (laughs) Volcano Observatory was it fucking earthquakes or tremors or something that was real tremors yeah tremors was the uh, tremors was the... there is a police force that has a team that is also real i feel like we didn't get into the religion of the of the whole place but i feel like if the police and the fucking volcano observatory have teams then i guess the seventh day adventists do too so i'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that that is a real team. The Seventh Day Adventists trendsetters, the trendsetters, are a I'm real squad. A real squad. Down one six for six. Down one six. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> I can find no real like. So, first of all, before we go back, so I'm going to give a little bit of background. I'm going to give you the current clubs, current and previous clubs of uh-huh. uh, the Montserrat Championship. This was as of 2018, right? Yeah, yeah it's the 2018. Right. The Bata Falcons, Elberton, Ideal, Jolly right. Roger, Little Bay, Montserrat Volcano Observatory Tremors, <laughs> PC, PC United FC, um, Royal Montserrat Police Force, the Seven Day Adventist Trendsetters, St. John's, previous clubs, the Montserrat Secondary School, and Salem FC. They had high schoolers playing. Yeah, so going into this, Eric and I were considering giving you all fake teams. (laughs) Because, I mean, they all sound fake. Well, no, because, like, the league sound fake. The league could not exist. There could not, there might not be any real teams at this moment. True, Uh, but, so it's like, okay, we'll just be all fake. 
because you would have guessed fake at some point. Like we wanted to shut you out. Yeah. I would yeah. hope you would have guessed fake at some point. But so we ended up going with, you know, real teams at some point. I just I looked at the Montserrat Volcano Observatory tremors and thought there is no way we can't use this. Well, see, the thing is, you saw the you saw the Volcano Observatory tremors. And you're like, this is the most ridiculous I've ever seen. And you didn't Until. Even, you didn't even get to the point where on the list where it said Seventh Day Adventist Trendsetters. <laughs> what the fuck kind of name is Trendsetters? But like, there's I don't think there's any Seven Day like I can't find any reference to like the Seven Day Adventists in Montserrat. I just did a, so, some googling, and yeah, it's like they, it's probably like two people. They got who church like, there. Yeah. They got church there. Uh, so it's the church. The, the church said, "Let's church do, there. let's make the soccer team." I just don't know, know what trendsetters have to. Are they starting the trend of everyone converting to Seventh Day Adventism? <laughs> I guess they. I started the trend of of churches having soccer teams, and they're the only ones. So actually, I take that back. I did find there's the hunt in nineteen. Recently, they celebrated the hundred years of Adventism on Montserrat. Twenty fifteen, they celebrated hundred years. Lord. Nothing about this article indicates that they got a squad. That's but, yeah. well, I'm happy I got six on that one. Donald, that's that's I, that's tremendously I am, remarkable. <laughs> I'm happy that you're the first one to get six for six because first of all, it wasn't Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, you've had the lowest of the lows. You're the only one who went over. So the, you've you've got the lows, you've got the highs. You this means, this. ladies you and gentlemen, this. That, this means, ladies and gentlemen, that the Detroit Lions are winning the Super Bowl next year. Book it. It's happening from can't, the bottom to the top. Can't believe it. We did it. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> the fucking tre- Well, next next time we can get down to Montserrat, we're checking out a Tremors versus Trendsetters match. Oh, we have to. We might be playing in it. <laughs> Never know. I mean, you forty six hundred people on the island. How many people? They got enough for eleven. Is this? I am, a, I am a soccer ball kicker for hire. Yeah. Won't say that I'll score, but I can definitely cap tie me. Cap tie yeah. me. I'm saying. All right. I think that's enough. We can wrap this up. This was a long episode on a small island. Um, so, Jonathan, where can people find you? Uh, at JSlape SSP. And at Broadway Sorts Media. Donald? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, real quickly for me, it's, that's kind of a, usually was an easy answer. Now it's a more complicated one, uh, given that SB Nation uh, and Vox Media had their cuts. And unfortunately, uh, the Stars and Stripes FC podcast that I do over there was one of the shows that was cut. Um, Stars and Stripes FC as a website continues. Uh, so you can check me out there. Also check me out at Blazing DW. And as for my other podcast that some of you out there may listen to, uh, hopefully we'll have more information on that in the coming weeks on what happens with that. Yeah. Um, just want to say thank you to everyone who supports this podcast on Patreon. I want to shout out our newest patron, Vishal Patel. Uh, thank you for the support, Vish. About time. Uh, yeah. What's up, Vish? <laughs> yeah, we're going to. We're going to try to get Vish on the uh, One More Round, which the One More Round episode that we'll be recording once we finish here, um, 
you can get if you're a patron. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcacaf. Get exclusive content, including our One More Round podcast, some other fun stuff. We shout you out on the pod. At some point, I'm going to send you the postcard that I've told you I've been sending. We might try to send it from Grenada, where we'll all be in March. Um, that'll be fun. But make sure you follow us on all the socials at podcacaf. Check out the podcacaf store on uh, Spring. Get your pot world of CONCACAF merch get your bucket hats get your tank tops everything you need for beach season because CONCACAF nations league is right around the corner also just, shout out shout out uh our our patron i believe they're patrons uh april green uh jeremiah brown they both got the CONCACAF uh fanny pack that we got at the CONCACAF at the world cup uh so bring those bring those to grenada my friends yes shout out jeremiah is our patron for Jeremiah. two of them. We love them. Uh, and we also love all of you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again soon.